all the same exponential curve everywhere, every time, every currency, every country, everyone is at a different pace, but it's all the same stuff. I've seen hyperinflation 167 times and I keep getting funnier every single time I see it. Well, hello there, my friends. Raf here from the Endgame Investor with this week's Silver Report for Arcadia Economics. And I got 10 slides for you today on today's PowerPoint, Silver and Gold presentation. There's some very interesting stuff going on this week in the reverse repo markets and the treasury markets. And in Turkey, where we have a live case of hyperinflation playing out right now as we speak, and we will compare the how, the price of housing versus the price of gold and silver. What protects more? Everything in Turkey is going down in terms of gold and silver very, very fast. It looks like prices are going up, yes, in lira. And as the lira dies, we see how gold and silver work in a live play-by-play -play scenario going on right now. It also helps clear up a debate about central banks buying gold. Does it matter? Does it do anything? Does it protect the currency? And in the case of Turkey, at least, we can see clearly that it does not at all. Anyway, let's begin. This week's Silver Report is brought to you by Fortuna Silver Mines, symbol FSM. And uh, we see here we bounced off again off of the 50-week uh, moving average here, the blue line. And we are in a uh, historical uh, pivot zone, it looks like. The stock does not get much below this level. It has touched it one, two, uh, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine times as support. Breaks through it uh, sometimes to the downside in exceptionally bearish conditions, as in March 2020 and during the silver bottom, the gold and silver bottom in uh, September 2022. Part of buying low and selling high is buying low, and it is always hard because nobody wants to buy low when it's low because it's low. You know, that's that just keeps repeating itself in trading and in investing. I want to go into one paragraph from Fortuna's last annual report. It says here, and you can understand the finances here, Fortuna became a gold and silver mining company last year when it acquired Rocks Gold. And I think that was the right move, but it does result in some financial stress when interest rates rise, but the gold and silver price hasn't yet, which is the situation we are in now. But that will catch up. That always does. And you'll see why as we continue the silver report. Anyway, this paragraph says, in the fourth quarter of 2022, central banks around the world continued to raise interest rates to combat high rates of inflation. Obviously, we all know this. This has resulted in a significant increase in secured overnight financing rates and the interest rate that is charged on the company's credit facility. The company can use to monitor its cash management strategy and may take make greater use of its cash reserves to fund the construction of Seguela, fund corporate activities, or pay down debt. Now, Fortuna is not in any kind of cash crunch. They're not in any kind of danger. Their finances are well managed. But this is an environment for all gold and silver miners where they're struggling in the sense that interest rates are rising, but the prices of gold and silver have not risen proportionally yet, but they will, and they will outstrip the rise in interest rates because either the Fed's going to have to cut to save us from the next financial crisis, or they'll keep raising until that crisis does happen, and that will be the big turnaround. It's coming. We all know it. Let's continue with this week's Silver Report. First of all, we have LBMA gold and silver stocks, um, stocks meaning supply at the LBMA. Uh, we see here that for May, these numbers came out yesterday, two days ago, I think. Uh, sil gold gold is down slightly, I think about 2,000, uh, 2 million ounces, sorry. And silver is stable at all-time lows, hanging around, I think, 850,000, 848 million, sorry, 848 million ounces. 
uh, is not being replenished. And this is probably because the silver price is still way too low. Much of this silver at the LBMA is owned by SLV and other ETFs. The supply of silver at the LBMA is consistently low now, and it doesn't look like it's going to be replenished anytime soon. It may not ever be replenished back to old levels. In fact, I don't think it will be because the next silver run will have the public much more interested in silver than the LBMA, which will be falling apart at the seams. We go to the next chart. And yes, you've seen this before, and I reported on it last week. We have another million ounce fall in registered silver from 28 million to now 27 million. We are 5 million ounces away from an all-time low. It's the same situation reflected in the LBMA back at the COMEX. Silver supplies are bleeding out because the price of silver is just too low. We are now 5 million ounces away from an all-time low in silver for sale against futures contracts. How quick can we get to the all-time low? Well, here's the next chart. I made over here a, uh, what I call this, a combobulator. I don't know why I call it that. I couldn't think of any word, and that's just the first thing that came to mind. But anyway, you see here, we're at 27 million ounces, and that is 5 million ounces away. So I, I drew a line here, 5 million ounces up, and drew a horizontal line here. This is the last time we were 5 million ounces higher than where we are now, and that was in the first week of May of 2023, which is only one month ago. So we're one month away at the current pace of all time record lows of the registered silver supply. Now we've all been hearing news of a huge dump in treasuries on the market. Those treasuries are going to have to be paid for with either deposits in the banking system or reverse repos with cash outside the banking system. And whether they are paid for by deposits or reverse repos will determine whether the money supply goes up or down. If they are paid for by deposits, the money supply will go down. If they are paid for by reverse repos, the money supply will either stay stable or rise. Now, in order for them to be paid for by reverse repos outside the banking system, the interest rate offered on these treasury bills that are now being dumped on the market is going to have to be significantly higher than the reverse repo because the reverse repo is risk-free. The Fed can always pay money. The Fed pays directly for reverse repos in money market funds. There is no risk to that because the Fed can just invent money and pay you with it, whereas there is some risk in treasuries, in, in T-bills, it's very low, but it is there, and therefore, to some degree, they have to be hedged. So there is a cost in acquiring treasuries versus reverse repos. So if it is in reverse repos at 5.15%, there is some arbitrage that T-bills have to exceed in order for money to leak in from the reverse repo facility. I don't think they've made that, they've met those rates yet. But anyway, how much has been dumped on the market so far? We have, this is data from treasurydirect.com. The, treasure, the, the auctions that have already taken place have been a four-week auction of 35.68 billion, another eight-week auction of the same, 13 weeks of 68 billion, 17 week treasury bill of 46 billion, and a 26 week treasury of 61 billion. Upcoming of the next two days, it's going to be another $60 billion auction of a four week bill and a $50 billion auction of an eight week bill. The total T bills issued so far then is $357 billion, $357.26 billion unleashed in like three or four days. And there are there's a 13 week, a 26 week, and a 52 week auction upcoming. By June 13th, all these auctions will be done. We don't know exactly how much those other three auctions, but if they are a similar amount, we're talking about half a trillion dollars that will be dumped on the market in treasury bills by June 13th and over the course of about a week or two. Now, to determine where these 
where this money is going to come from, we can look at reverse repos. This is the reverse repo facility. How much money is in it? This is money outside the banking system, not in the banking system, funding money market funds, which pay interest to their holders. So we, if this chart starts to descend significantly by hundreds of billion dollars over the next few days and weeks, then we can then we can know that the money is coming from reverse repos and the money supply will stay static to go higher. But that's not happening yet. Right? We have data up to June 7th. These auctions started on June 2nd, I think. So, so far, it's not coaxing money out of reverse repos. So we should see a consistently descending money supply over the next few weeks, which is what exactly what we have seen since April 2022. And in fact, we are at a record deflationary rate quarterly annualized, I think of about 5 6% deflation rate. Uh, annualize. It's pretty crazy. This has never happened before since the Great Depression. I don't think it was even that bad during the Great Depression. Now I want to move for a second to housing prices in the UK. Just like in the US, housing prices in the UK are now down 1.04% year over year. This is the first time since 2012. And really it's the first time since 2008 because this is just an echo bubble here leveling out, I think. And the slope here is just about the same as the 2008 financial crisis. We saw that was, you know, spurred by housing also in the UK. We saw here the same kind of effect. Uh, it's uh, descending and then a little flat, uh, flat line here for a few months. And then wham, it continues down. We're seeing here the same thing, uh, a de uh, descending prices and then a little flat line. Now we're going back down again and we should go much further down. Now the question is if inflation, what they call inflation, rising consumer prices rising so fast. Why are housing prices falling? Well, in the UK, the pound is welded to mortgages because the central bank, the Bank of England, owns a whole bunch of mortgage-backed securities, which means as housing prices descend, so too will the British pound and its purchasing power for consumer goods will go down and down as prices, consumer prices will continue to rise as housing prices fall. It doesn't seem logical, but it is given the assets that are owned by the Bank of England. I want to go into the story of Turkey. The Turkish lira continues to hyperinflate, and this is the price of gold in Turkish lira. You can see this since I think it was like 1985 or whatever. This is your classic exponential curve, and we'll get more into exponential curves in a second. Everything at the end of a fiat cycle all goes into an exponential curve. It's hard to notice at the beginning, but that's where it ultimately ends up. So gold is up 41,012%. 41012k so i think that's like 4 41 million percent i look it doesn't even matter what the number is it's like it's it's hyperinflationary that's that's the point that's what we're that's what we're getting at here uh so gold continues to protect the turks against uh inflationary monetary policy go to the next chart now here is a very interesting point that could shock some people i've talked about this before but i really wanted to sink in here Look, this is the uh, the gold reserves of the Turkish Central Bank since 2000. They actually did a very good job. If the central, Turkish Central Bank were traders of gold, right, they would be deemed very, very prescient and very accurate in their buying and selling. You see here that they've started buying gold in what looks like 2005, 2006, when gold really started moving higher, and they topped out their gold reserves right around late 2011 you see here wow they were they were like geniuses buying gold low selling high amazing okay 
And then they start accumulating gold again from the low point here in about 2017, maxing out in 2020. August 2020 was the last gold high, significant gold high and silver high. Um, gold at around uh, just below $2,100. They started selling off again. Look at that. Wow, they're so amazing. And they bought more at around 2021. And now they're right near their highs again at around 572 tons, just below a, a high of 600 tons. Now, is this record high in gold reserves helping the lira? Not one bit. It doesn't make a difference. Look at the lira versus the dollar. Uh, it's really starting to get out of control now. So the lira was at like 20 per U per US dollar just to like maybe 2 weeks ago or something, maybe a week ago, a few days ago. It's re it's it's really hyperinflating now. This is it. It looks like. Now let's look at housing, right? We just to go back to this chart for a second. We have 41 million percent uh, up in gold, right? Uh, so here, the uh, we have this chart here of the housing index. The low here is around 46 in this housing index, and here it is uh, 810. So if you calculate the price of gold since 2010 versus the price of housing since 2010 in lira, gold is up 2,020 percent. Housing is up 1,636%, which means the price of housing is going down in gold terms. Why is that? Because the money is dying. The money substitute, the lira, is dying. It doesn't matter how much gold is on the balance sheet of the Turkish Central Bank. Why is that? Because this is the chart of the Turkish money supply. Okay, It has uh, basically quintupled since 2019. Why do they keep printing so much money? Why can't they stop printing money? Why can't they stop just for a while, just so that their currency can regain some traction? Because that's not the nature of a fiat monetary system. It has to continue in an exponential curve, or you have a massive financial crisis where all people who own assets, which is like, you know, the big honchos and the, the people that have a lot of say and have a lot of uh, pull with the government, they're like, no, 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 you can't do that because that's going to ruin us. So you keep inflating the currency. And that's why it doesn't matter how much gold they have, because people understand that they're going to keep inflating the currency no matter how much gold is in their balance sheet. It doesn't matter if they have so much gold in their balance sheet if the currency is not exchangeable for it at a fixed rate. It's all the same exponential curve everywhere, every time, every currency, every country. Everyone is at a different pace, but it's all the same stuff. I've seen hyperinflation 167 times, and it keeps getting funnier every single time I see it. I've seen The Exorcist about 167 times, and it keeps getting funnier every single time I see it. This, I think, is one of the most important charts, if not the most important chart that I have ever come across in terms of timing, triangulation, and seeing that we everything is really on the same exponential trajectory curve. This is a chart from Daniel Oliver of Mermican Capital, who you may know is my favorite gold and silver analyst. Uh, this is an exponential growth curve laid on top of the Federal Reserve's liabilities since 1960. So you see here that it basically matches up. You have tangent points here, here, and uh, uh, this is the uh, lockdown printing starting here, going vertical and regaining the exponential curve. We are now off the exponential curve again because of quantitative tightening that has taken place since 2022. So every time we get off the exponential curve here, there ends up being a financial crisis. And now this is what I wanted to, to share. This is the point here that I'm putting together on the Endgame Investor a chart of the Federal Reserve's balance sheet from 1916 
to the present. And I'm having my subscribers and data experts overlay it with an exponential curve uh, going all the way back to 1916. So using this, we can triangulate where exactly we are on this massive, massive exponential curve starting in 1913, 1916, when the Federal Reserve was founded. They cannot escape this curve for long and they have to always keep going back on it because that is the nature of a fiat monetary system. This chart going back to 1916 will be exclusive for Endgame Investor subscribers. You can get a two-week free trial at the link in the description below. Thanks, Chris, for sharing it. And you can now support Arcade Economics by signing up for the Endgame Investor. That's good news. I'll have an analysis of this curve and possible triangulation dates for when the Endgame occurs. And one more point I wanted to make about central banks buying gold. The only thing that central banks buying gold can do for its currency is ensure that it won't completely die. But in the end, they will all be devalued against gold. And in countries that have no gold on their central bank's balance sheet at all, that is where silver is going to become extremely important because that means there will be no functional gold substitute at all in your country if your central bank doesn't have any gold. And the only thing you will be able to use retail transactions is silver. If your central bank has some gold, then it will, your currency will not completely die as long as they don't sell all their gold, which they might. So you don't even know that. But yes, you need your share of gold. You need your share of silver. The exponential curve, the vertical turn is coming. It's coming soon. It's hard to see that because we're in the middle of a correction as the Fed continually deflates its balance sheet. But at some point, they're going to run into a gold and silver wall. This is Rafi with the Endgame Investor with this week's Silver Report for Arcadia Economics. If you want to sign up to be my Patreon on Patreon, you can do that at uh, patreon.com slash endgameinvestor, where we will discuss next week the necessity of nervous breakdowns for all systems, for all people, and for all monetary systems as well, with proof and evidence taken from the Bible. Thanks for watching, and I'll see you guys next week. What do you think of this? <laughs> you like it? <laughs>